Hello and welcome to another episode of the Backcheck Hockey Podcast, the podcast where we revisit the careers of uh, Hall of Fame players. And uh, I'm with Bill and I'm Riley. Hey, how you doing? Good. How about you? I'm doing all right. Turned myself into knots over that introduction. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, sounds a little uh, fumbly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's because I'm just so excited about the Hall of Fame class of 1972. Uh, we have five players, and two of them are really, really big ones. And so we we've decided to break this in half into part one and part two. Uh, even though well, I think the last time we did a five-player class in '75, I think we just like plowed through it. But that's because like two of the guys were like bigger, and the other three sort of you know they had shorter careers. And yeah. this time uh, we have a real old timer, a pretty big old timer, two uh, contemporary Habs from the same era, and uh, Gretzky's candidate for the greatest hockey player of all time, and particularly with Gordie Howe, uh, we're not just going to talk about his career before he was inducted to the Hall of Fame. We're going to talk about his entire career, and it's a long one. And Bellavo, uh, who is the one of the two Habs, we also think it will probably take us a while to talk about. Yeah, there's, there's so many do. accomplishments. Like it's going to yeah. take some time. Yeah, I mean he won 11 cups, right? Yeah. 11, I think. Uh, uh, no, I think Henri Richard was left. Oh, so I think ten, 10 for him. 10. You're right. Yeah. And, Henri and, then a few, and then a few, uh, he's got his name on the cup the most times because yeah. he won it, I think three times as like being part of the organization. So that's right. Yeah. So anyway, so we're going to save Bellavo and Gordy Howe, uh, for next episode. And today we're going to talk about, uh, three guys, uh, Harry Hap Holmes, um, who, uh, is a goalie from an era in which uh, we know very little about goalies, even <laughs> uh, Hooley Smith, Reginald Hooley Smith, um, who is a, uh, a all purpose. He did everything. He played center. He played defense. He played right wing. Um, and of course he played at a time, at least the beginning of his career when those positions weren't as well defined. And then boom, boom, Jeffrey on um, Bellavo's contemporary, but you know, uh, Less to talk about than with Bellavo because he he had a great career, but he had not quite the insane career that Bellavo did. Uh, so to start off, we are going to be talking about Hap Holmes, and I think honestly, Bill, I think he might be the oldest goalie we've ever talked about, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I can't imagine anybody before Cause that because we really haven't done a lot of goalie episodes unless. Like we, the goalies we talked about have all been inducted. I feel like not too many goalies we've talked about. Like when we were doing the, before we switch to the, uh, um, the uh, current format, um, we uh, we were doing like just players and trying to match them up. I don't think we did too many goalies. So I not, think not did, too many. No, not, yeah. not for my recollection anyway. Yeah. So he's, he's a hard one. Um, so he played his career pro career began in, uh, approximately 1912. So this is like forever ago. Uh, he played senior before that, um, in the Ontario, uh, senior hockey league. And he started his career in the NHA. Uh, and then, um, after three seasons in the NHA, he went to the PCHA for a season. He then went to the NHL for a season. He then went back to the PCHA for another six seasons. Uh, and then he was briefly in the WCHL, and then he came back to the NHL. <laughs> so, uh, 
it's it's all over the place his career um so we're gonna start with his nhl uh, numbers he played from 1970 to 1918 and again from 1926 to 28 and honestly there's there's some guys who've done this. There's lots of guys who jumped around leagues, but like I don't recall another player who who played the initial NHL season and then didn't come back for eight years. But that's what he did. Uh, somehow, when he re- when he finally retired, because that was his uh, 1928 was his final season. Um, he uh, he was ninth all time in wins in the NHL, despite having played four seasons in the league. Um, he was also sixth all-time in losses, seventh all-time in ties, and eighth all-time in shutouts with 17. Um, he was seventh all-time in minutes, seventh all-time in games, and somehow tenth all-time in goalie point shares. I'm just like, there there must have been some goalies who had like, you know, some teams had a consistent goalie, and other teams did not have a consistent goalie. For him to still rank that high all-time, um, ten years into the league history with only four seasons is quite bonkers. Yeah. Um, he doesn't qualify for the GAA leaderboard, but if we, we let him qualify, he was 11th all-time in GAA as well. Um, we can't do an error calculation because, frankly, uh, his four seasons are spread out over 11 years. So <laughs> we're going to skip that. His season average is a losing record of 10-14-3 with four shutouts in 26 games. And his 82-game average, if we expanded it to that, would be 31-43-8 with a whopping 14 shutouts. Of course, that is just a factor of the NHL at the time where nobody scored any goals. Yeah. Um, one, one, like back then it, trades were, were different. Uh, he was loaned to one team. He was transferred in and out of the league, but he was never actually officially traded within the NHL. So no NHL trades to talk about his NHA numbers. We generally consider the NHA, the next best league, uh, whether or not that's fair partly because it was earlier and it was pre-CHA. It had all the best players. Um, so he played from 1912 to 1915. Uh, he was a starter all three seasons. His record was 27-26. And with two only two shutouts um, and in only 55 games because the seasons were even shorter. And I also don't know. Um, honestly, I don't know. Uh, I think that's just it's not that far off. Like I think he, a full se- full three seasons would have been like 66 games or something. So he only missed a few, a 388 GA, which seems a, impossibly high <laughs> season average is nine and nine with one shutout in 18 games is 20 game average, which is the season length is uh 10 and nine. So slightly, slightly above 500, but barely. Um, I have no idea where he ranks all time in any of these goalie stats. I've never sat down and tried to figure out, the goalie leaderboards for the NHL because frankly I have a life um, and you know, <laughs> that would be feels like a lot you know so PCHA he played from 1915 to 1917 and again after his one season in the NHL from 1918 to 1924 so that's nine seasons all of which were as a starter as far as I can figure out much better record of 101 and 89 oh and 2 101 89 2 14 shutouts total, which uh, compared to the NHL is, I think, noticeably fewer. But that's, you know, who knows? I mean, the NHL was, I think, generally the stronger league. So it's not surprised that the defense was better. Um, and a, a GAA of 297, which again seems kind of high, but I think they might have just been higher scoring. His season average is 11 and 10 with two shutouts in 21 games. And if you extend it to the full PCHA season, 30 game average of 16, 14. And zero and two shutouts 
um, he was never traded within the PCHA or the NHA, though he was he was loaned and he was transferred between leagues and stuff. Um, so a winning record in the PCHA, uh, if only a little bit. And then uh, lastly, the WCHL is what became the PCHA became once it folded. So two seasons, 24 to 26. He was 31, 23 and four. A little more definitive there. Seven shutouts. A, a GAA of two which just goes to show you, I guess, this was a lower scoring league. Uh, season average of 16, 12, and two, uh, four shutouts. So that's his career all over the place. Lots of numbers, winning records in two leagues, losing records in two leagues, GAAs all over the damn place, and <laughs> shutout numbers all over the damn place. And of course, no save percentage because it's the teens and 20s. In the NHL, he was twice a top five goalie by point shares in 18 and 19. So I misspoke when I said he was in the league for only the first season. How could he be a top five in 19? I thought he was in the PCHA. Who knows? Um, let me see what it says on, on Hockey Reference. He must have, you know what he did? He played two games in the NHL in 1918-19, in and then he moved to the uh, PCHA. Jesus, oh, wow, okay. the careers back then. And somehow, apparently, that was enough to get him in on the leaderboard <laughs> for the for goalie point shares in 1919. That is something. Um, he was also top 10 every season he was in the league when he came back in 27, he or in 26, rather. He was uh, top 10 goalie by point shares. Again, now, there probably were not 10 teams at that time. It was the number of teams fluctuated wildly. And I think in the late 20s, we're talking about, like, six or seven teams so that doesn't necessarily i mean it means he was a backup probably he was top five and wins twice uh top 10 three times he was top five and shutouts once top 10 twice top five in ga once top 10 three times uh so you know okay <laughs> right he was he was not the best goalie he was also hardly the worst goalie um we don't know anything about his accomplishments in the other um leagues simply because like i said before i haven't sat down and tried to figure it out with the forwards whenever we like way back when when we started this podcast with forwards and defensemen i actually like created my own spreadsheets and and put in the like inputted the data and tried to figure out where guys ranked in their uh, leagues like from getting the data from a bunch of different websites and i have not done that with goalies um so i have no idea uh how much of a a star uh, like if he had any notable accomplishments, if I pull up his Wikipedia page, maybe it says something like if he won an award or something. But I mean, he was in like the WCHL and the NHA for not very long, so it's hard to know. Um, you know. Um, let me see if any awards. I don't think they most of these places did, like leagues didn't even have awards yet, right? Like they were so young as leagues, they didn't really. Yeah, he doesn't have any awards. So, uh, lastly, he won some Stanley Cups, which is, I think, his claim. In fact, he won a Stanley Cup in every league he was in. So that's Ooh, his claim. Okay, fame. that's got to be it, right? Yeah. So he won the Stanley Cup in the NHL on the Toronto Arenas or Blue Shirts or whatever the hell they were called in 1918, and he was the starter. He played every minute. He won a Stanley Cup four years earlier on the Toronto Blue Shirts or Torontos, depending on which source, uh, <laughs> where he was the starter uh, in the NHA, NHA Stanley Cup champion. Um, and uh, yeah, as far as I know, he played every minute, but I'm not 100% sure. 
In the PCHA, he won a Stanley Cup with the 2017 Metropolitans. Um, he also went to the final in 2019 that was canceled due to Spanish flu. Um, and again, he was in the final in, in 1920. I think I just said 2019. I meant 1919. Um, well, there, there, there were uh, there were two pandemics. So. <laughs> yeah. So get this, Bill. He was in the Stanley Cup Finals when it was contested by multiple leagues in 1918, 19. Sorry, let's try this again. In 1917, 1918, 1919, and 1920, in two different leagues, and he won the cup two out of four times. Wow, nice. Regardless of what team he was on, and he was on different teams some of the time. So, I think without knowing anything about him, it's safe to say he is a big game goalie. Yeah. Um, and lastly, he won, I think, the very last WCHL Stanley Cup uh, with the Cougars in 25. So, I have no idea what to do with his regular season numbers, but winning four cups in four leagues with uh, three different franchises like sort of four, sort of three different franchises, depending on how you feel about the Toronto NHL teams um, strikes me as like a remarkable achievement that possibly very few other players have ever done. Maybe no other players. I really don't know. Certainly no other, likely no other goalies. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, and, and being in four finals in a row when he switched leagues is bonkers. Two yeah, cups in a row, and then two more runners up immediately after. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like he's like kind of, he's kind of doing some, uh, kind of doing like some LeBron stuff. Like no matter what team you put him on, he's getting, yeah. he's getting there, kind of thing. You know. So. I wonder, I wonder without knowing anything, without like reading a biography about this guy, I wonder if like he was getting transferred from league to league because teams were just like, oh, I got to get half homes because. Guess what happens when teams have half homes? They if they make the playoffs, they win the cup. Yeah. You know, like his career, his pro career ran from 1912 to 1928, which is really long for the time—16 seasons. And he won in a quarter of those seasons. He won the Stanley Cup, which feels like a lot, given yeah. that he played in four different leagues. Now, post, you know, 1925. Um, well, he was in the final in 26 too, but by that point, the NHL was the league and he was still in the WCHL. Um, I don't know how one side of it. I, it's funny. I, I prepared these notes so long ago. I had forgotten that he, he won four cups in four different leagues. That is just, I'm, I'm sort of like almost speechless. Like it's like, I'm at a loss for words. It's crazy. Yeah. It's very impressive. And his regular season numbers are like, fairly mediocre mostly certainly his nhl numbers his gaa is like i know i said he was in the top 10 but like you know two years his gaa was above four man it's yeah only one year was below two and this is in the 20s when nobody scored but like yeah i i would say this guy they should change his name to like big game homes or something like that rather than hap yeah all right. I, I mean, I, 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 I think that I think that's got to get him, got to get him in, right? Like, it's just yep. it's, it's we have so little information, but it's like that one bright spot of like he must have been great if that's what was going on. Like that 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 doesn't happen by accident. 
right? Like between 1918 and 1926, eight years, he was in the Stanley Cup final, which was contested by multiple different leagues. So it's very hard to do. One, two, three, four, five, seven times. How is that even possible? Okay, so it's more slightly more than eight years. It's nine years, still. Oh no, sorry, six times in nine years. There we go. I counted the twenty, the 1914 one by accident. So he's in 20, so from 17, 17, 18, 19, 20, he's in the finals. I, I did my math there wrong, so I'm just going to try and clarify. 17, 18, 19, 20, he's in the finals. He wins two cups. 21, 22, 23, 24, he's not. And then 25, 26, he is, and he wins another one. And then he, of course, won one prior to all that in 1914. Yeah. That is... If it was if it was the original six we're talking about, one league original six, that would still be bonkers. Even if he was like, you know, the goalie for like the halves or something, we'd still be like, that's extremely impressive. You know, we know he has a good team, all this stuff. But to me, the thing that really stands out is that he was in multiple different franchises and multiple different leagues and somehow still managed to be the the starter, the cup winning goalie. Just just crazy. Yeah, it's like. It's it's not one of those things where somebody kind of like wins cups as a third liner and yeah, it's not a passenger. Yeah, like 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 not even a pass, but just like you're an important part, but you're not the reason they went. Like he's the goalie. Like he's yeah. definitely a reason. He's the uh, goalie at a time trying. when they like yeah. they barely had backups, and if they yeah. didn't have backups, the backups didn't play. You know, or they barely played, right? Like yeah. Um, in fact, I think often when the backup played, it was another player on the team who had played goal at some point in his career, you know, and would just fill in. I believe that's how it was done. I could be wrong. But... All right. Well, that was definitive. <laughs> Maybe it would help to review the notes before the episode. <laughs> like, we we often um, we often order these uh, players in terms of like uh, you know um, least likely to the most likely to get in when we're talking about them given episode i can say very safely or least likely to belong most likely to belong i can say very safely this time we did not do that because i think hap holmes is a deserving hall of famer based on his crazy playoff record all right our next up we have hooley smith or reginald smith um who did everything but play goal so (laughs) it's the (laughs) he's the opposite a little bit of uh um, of Hap Holmes, he he is significantly younger. His pro career started in 1924, so 12 years later, um, and he played for 17 seasons, um, which is he's he's going to be way way up there uh, in the games played list. Um, in fact, he was the career leader from 1939 to 1940. Um, sorry, 1939 to 1943, when I believe he was passed off the top of my head. Actually, you know, he this guy would have been the guy who beat. Reg Noble for the game leader board. And then I guess Dick Clapper was probably the guy who passed him because Dick Clapper was the like, you know, um, games leader for a while. Um, so like I said before, he played all three positions. And honestly, I don't know how often he played what position because it's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. And also it's worth noting that only 10, 10 of those 17 seasons are quality by modern standards of points per game. But of course, some of those were at def- uh, defense and we, you know, we don't know how many of those were at defense. Uh, 
So he was 10th all-time in goals at his retirement with only 200, which just goes to show you um, how few goals uh, they scored back then. He was second all-time in assists behind only Frank Boucher with 225, and that's partly because partway through his career, they started counting two assists instead of one. And the guys, behind, you know, the guys he passed, many of those guys didn't benefit from that. He was also fourth all-time in points behind only Nell Stewart, Howie Morenz, and Aurel Joliot um, when he retired. So that's pretty impressive company. All those guys are deserving Hall of Famers. And then he was first all-time, like I said, in games played. Um, and uh, that was, uh, he was a career re- leader a couple years before he retired or one season before he retired and held it through part of World War II. Um, I actually should pull up the, if I can, Aki reference is not cooperating with me right now. I was going to see if I can pull up the, uh, um, the progressive leaderboards to see how, like how long the p- previous person had, uh, had led the, the NHL games. I think it was Reg Noble. Reg Noble is the name that sticks in my head, but like. I could be wrong about that. So career, Harry Cameron for a little bit, and then a bunch of other guys. Clint Benedict, weirdly, he was a goalie. That doesn't make any sense. Aurel Joliet, who I just mentioned. Fun Cook. King Clancy for a little bit. Frank Boucher. Ching Johnson, another goalie, which is weird. Red Horner. I guess I was wrong about Ridge Noble. Hamp Busher Jackson. Oh, you know why I'm I'm saying goalie names? It doesn't make any sense. That was the playoff one. Aha. Uh-huh. There we go. This makes way more sense. Clint Benedict for a while. George Vezina. It's weird the goalies played so much more compared to people now. There's Reg Noble. That's who I was expected to see. Reg Noble, King Clancy took over in 1935. Aurel Julian in 37. And then Huli Smith in... 39 or 40. Yeah, and then Dick Clapper took over in 43 and held the record for just forever until uh, Maurice Richard took over in 57. So, yeah, Huli Smith played a really long time. Um, much longer than most of his contemporaries, and he only played around 700 games. So 425 points in 715 games gives you a good idea of how little they scored. He was 12th all-time in point shares, which suggests he wasn't playing a ton of time at defense. He was seventh all-time in offensive point shares, and he was 10th all-time in defensive point shares, and we have no idea how many of those games were at defense and forward. <laughs> um, per game, um, he was 10th all-time in goals per game. Uh, when he retired, he was also last among qualifying players because he is exactly the number you need to qualify for the Hockey Reference leaderboards with 200. He doesn't qualify for either assists per game or points per game, but if we lower the qualifier, so he does. At his retirement, he was third all-time in assists per game behind Frank Boucher and Howie Berenz, uh, the two, you know, two of the best passing players of their era, and he was fifth all-time points per game behind Howie Berenz, Nell Stewart, um, Frank Boucher, and Aurel Joliet. Um, it's probably Joliet or something. Um, anyway, he uh, he's clearly like one of the better offensive players of his era. Um, though, if you, uh, if you figure out the era by the 10 scarce play in at least 574 games or seven modern seasons, he's fourth in goals, fourth in goals per game, first in assists, first in assists per game. So a great passer, second in points, fourth in points per game, third in offensive point shares. Um, 
so all the guys who are ahead of him basically played at the same time. So take make of that what you will. Um, his 82 game average is uh, is 48 points, but that's because he played mostly in a very low scoring era. The 20s and the 30s were quite low scoring. There was a brief pickup in the late 20s, early 30s, and then the 30s in general were quite low scoring. His three-year peak of 31 to 34, which is right when the scoring peaked, um, is a 48-game average of 43 points, so not quite a point-per-game player, but it was another time. He was 19th all-time in playoff goals at his retirement. Um, he was also 10th all-time in playoff games. Uh, he doesn't qualify for the per-game leaderboards, but if we lower them enough, he was uh, 24th all-time in playoff goals per game, but not high enough for the other two. Uh, era-wise, of the uh, 34 skaters play at least 41 playoff games in his uh, between 24 and 41 in his era, he's 11th in playoff goals, 12th in goals per game, 19th in assists, 21st uh, in uh, in assists per game, 15th in points, and 17th in points per game. So clearly not a playoff performer compared to his fairly re- for for the area impressive regular season numbers. But I don't know what role he was like. He might have just played D in the playoffs for all we know. Right. Who knows? Um, hockey reference uh, bumps him up to a absurd 123 points per 82 games, which is, you know, uh, was that almost like it's 75, I think, points more per 82 games, which is hilarious. <laughs> um, always like it's always like a bonkers bump. Yeah. Um, what is it? Yeah, I think it's 75. Right. Um, yeah, 75. Uh, and yeah, it's just the adjustment back then, They, as we talked about many times, they don't make a lot of sense um, just because of the way it's calculated. Versus X has him, you know, uh, as more than a point per game player, which is fair, but nowhere near as absurd as the hockey reference adjustment. Also, he's not in the top 25 for any per game leaderboard. He was traded multiple times. There was a big trade to the Maroons for Punch Broadbent, who who uh, who had uh, previously uh, won an MVP, but that was years earlier. Um, or at least, sorry, not won an MVP. He won an MVP in our hearts. He he predated the Hart <laughs> Trophy, but he was like the best, very clearly the best player in the league one year. Uh, and then nine years later, he was traded to the Bruins for cash and future considerations. A guy named uh, Jerry Shannon, and then he was traded a year later to the Americans for cash, and there were a lot of trades for cash back then. He was top five in voting, on heart voting twice, so that would be, I should pull up when exactly that was. Um, uh, once in 1926, his second season in the league, when he had 25 points in 28 games, and then once 10 years later in 36, when he was on a different team. He was on the Maroons, uh, the Senators, and he had 38 points in 47 games. Both of those seasons, it looks like he must have been playing forward based on his, like in 26, he had 16 goals and nine assists. But like, there were some defensemen who did score a lot back then. And then in 36, he had 19 and 19. So I suspect both of those seasons he was playing um, forward. But I don't, yeah, I don't know how often he played defense. Um, he was on one first team all-star and, uh, two second team all-stars and those were spread out fairly like, uh, or sorry, only one, just one second team all-star. Sorry. Uh, that's incorrect. Um, the, um, the first team was the second year he, he was nominated for the heart in 36 
and the second team was back in 32. I want to see who he finished second to in Hart voting in 36. Um, he finished second to Eddie Shore. Okay. I think we probably said Eddie Shore deserved that one. Um, he was top five in goals once, top five in goals per game once, top five in assists three times, top five in assists per game once, top five in points twice, top five in points per game three times. So, you know, long career, only a brief peak, offensive peak. Uh, versus X adjustment for his peak has him uh, for his best seven seasons. He's tied 200th all-time in goals, but 70th in assists, so way higher, and 123rd in points. And for best 10 seasons, he's 192nd in goals, so he's better, uh, but way lower on assists, 102nd and 128th in, in points, so he's lower down. So, at least by versus X, not one of the top 100 offensive players of all time, basically. Um, so that's, I guess, helpful information. Uh, he was the best player in the NHL. He was the best player on his team only once, and that was the 32 Maroons in the playoffs. I mean, um, he was a top three forward um, on a couple other teams. The times he won, at least by points, it doesn't seem like he played much of a role. So he won in 27 with the Senators, where he was a top six forward by points, and given that the rosters were still really small. That means not a very big role. And then in the 35 Maroons, he actually didn't score a point. He was the captain. Um, so he has two cups, um, but it does seem like he wasn't the star of either of those by a lot. But of course, we don't know if he like switched to D sometimes in the playoffs. His offensive numbers are much lower. Also, it's worth knowing he's one of the rare NHL stars to have won an Olympic medal back then. So, uh -huh. um, the year, the year prior to him joining the NHL, he he won the I believe it was the last uh, hockey gold Canada won until uh, you know 2002. Um, he won uh, gold, or maybe it was maybe there were a few others, but he won gold uh, in 2024 for the Granites. Where were the Granites based? Wow. Because that was when club teams would represent. Yeah, it was always uh, like the. Yeah. Was it the Winnipeg Falcons was like the really famous one with those yellow and black jerseys? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Uh, the Toronto Granites. There is a not great, really old school craft brewery in Toronto called Granite. I wonder if they're related. Um, and then also he won an Allen Cup the year before uh, with that same uh, Grant, Granite team, which is, of course, why they were representing Canada um, in, the, uh, in the Olympics was they won the Allen Cup. So, um, so he was, you know, a great amateur player. He had 33 points in five games in the Olympics, Bill. Whoa. Yeah. Well, for me, this is one of those guys where he's like, I don't know how great he was as an actual player. Yeah. But he won two cups. He won the Olympic gold medal. He won an Allen cup. And he also, um, was an all time like on the all-time leaderboards is retirement. I have a hard time kicking him out. Yeah, it's 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 too too many good things uh, without without having some sort of information yeah. that says, oh, actually, he just happened to be playing with someone else who was great and kind of rode his coattails or something like that. Like without yeah. without like a pretty convincing and like the stats are so spotty back then too. Like yeah. you're not gonna have stats that show 
oh, he was actually a liability when he was on the ice. Like, you're never going to have that stuff. So, like, you can't kick the guy out if he's got stats that put him near the top of leaderboards. He's got multiple cups. He's got a gold medal. Like, I mean, Canada basically kicked everybody's ass back then anyway. Yeah, so, like, yeah. if you were if you were Canada's club team, you were going to win the gold medal. But um, but you weren't necessarily going to score 33 points in five games if you no, were on you that were club not. team. Yeah, he was definitely, uh, he lit it up, so. Yeah. I think I think that makes it more convincing for sure. Yeah, and like, you know, the other thing is like longevity now is, you know, it's not much, right? Like we have much better healthcare and nutrition and, you know, people can recover from surgeries that ended careers, right? And they can play forever just through fitness and good medical care and nutrition. And you couldn't do that back then. And I do I do think we have to at least acknowledge that he played for forever at a time when it was very hard to do that um and i'm sure that some of that was luck but like the man was you know the career games leader for i think four four seasons and the guy who passed him held it for 13 years god it was a big record you know um and and i don't know i i I, I generally am skeptical of longevity stuff now, but I think in the early days of the league, it makes a lot more sense to be like, you know, to celebrate guys for longevity. You know, he was, it's, it's not like he had a couple good years and then he played forever and he won some cups and he was just apparently an ex- excellent, excellent amateur player. So yeah. I wonder how many points he had in the Allen cup team. I should see if I can find that out. Because, like, it, it just, it's the 33 points in five games. It's like cartoon video game numbers. He had 12 points in six games in the Allen Cup final. So, or sorry, seven points. Never mind. Um, far less impressive. But, of course, it was the, the Olympics were, like you said, Bill, we just beat everybody up. So, yeah. All right. Uh, lastly, for the first part of the episode, um, we have Bernie Jeffrey. Uh, aka Boom Boom Jeffrey, who played from 1950 to 1964, retired for two years, and then had a comeback um, for a couple of years. Like a lot of guys in the late 60s. I I do wonder if, like, with the league expanding, there was, like, more money or something. Because a bunch of guys retired mid-60s and then have, like, these weird comebacks for, like... I Boom Boom wasn't on an expansion team, but some guys were on expansion teams. Like Doug Harvey did it. Like he retired like twice or something. And I feel like some other guys did it too. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, at his initial retirement, um, he was, uh, sorry, he was third all time in uh, goals uh, with 393 behind only Gordie Howe and Maurice Richard, which is a very impressive uh, company. He was 12th all time in assists. And he was fifth all-time in points, which is higher than I thought, behind only how Richard, uh, Lindsay, and his uh, his most common teammate, Jean Belleville, of those four guys. Um, plus only 39, but that's because we have, you know, plus-minus goes back to, like, most of his career was in the pre-plus-minus era. Um, and he had, so he had 822 points in 883 games, slightly bo- below a point per game, but of course it was the original six era. And, um, you know, scoring was just lower. He was 12th all time in point shares. 
He was also uh, 12th all-time in defensive point shares, and he was the 21st forward all-time in defensive point shares. And, you know, who knows? Um, per game, he was 8th all-time in goals per game, which is uh, pretty damn good, and ninth all-time assists per game, and 5th all-time in points per game behind only Bellabo, Howe, Andy Bathgate, and Bill Cowley, which is just, like, very high up, higher than I realized um, before I, you know, yeah. Of the 19 skaters playing at least 738 games between 50 and 1964, he's second in goals behind Howe, but he's behind Howe by 125. <laughs> he's wow. second in goals per game. He's six in assists. He's uh, second in assists per game, which is very impressive. Uh, second in points behind Howe, and he's behind Howe by 355 points. And he's... Uh, um. Second in points per game, which seems impossibly high. Um, and honestly, uh, I didn't realize he would be this high, but I think part of it is he didn't play for as long as, say, Belovo, and also his career starts right at the same time as Belovo. But I think Belovo maybe didn't have like as big a role as he did initially. And then Belovo, of course, played significantly longer than he, well, significantly played longer than he did. Um, so that's one of the reasons why he, I think he like he's ahead of Belovo at this point in his career when he first retired. Um, because when we do Belovo, I'm sure we'll see Belovo being way at the top of these things as well. He was also six in plus minus this way, that plus 39. 14th in games played, second in offensive point shares behind Howe, but behind Howe by 44.9. Third in defensive point shares, fourth in point shares. Um, and... Uh, yeah, uh, just like very clearly one of the best players of his era. Um, I don't think it's close. Um, despite that, an 82 game average of only 76 points and plus four, um, he was nearly a point per game player at his first retirement and then his second retirement didn't help him any. For his three year peak of 1958 to 61, he had a 70-game average of 89 points, which is much, much better than a point per game, and plus five. And plus five asterisks, because one of those seasons didn't have plus minus. Playoffs, also extremely impressive numbers. He was third all-time in playoff goals behind only Maurice Richard and, uh, Richard and Gordie Howe at his retirement, which is, you know, very impressive. He was also third all-time in assists behind only Gordie Howe and Doug Harvey, his teammate which is, again, amazingly impressive. And um, third all-time in assists per game, or sorry, points, rather, uh, playoff points behind uh, Howe and Richard. Um, also uh, 21st all-time in, in plus-minus, but with a plus-free, and that, of course, was, like, barely being tracked. Um, at his first retirement, in terms of per playoff per-game stats, he's sixth all-time in goals per game, 13th all-time in this is per game, but fifth all time in points per game behind only Belbo, Toe Blake, Howe, and Richard. So both in the regular season and playoffs, he's one of the best offensive players the league had ever seen. Um, of the 13 skaters to play in at least 82 playoff games between 1950 and 1964, he is first in playoff goals ahead of Gordy Howe, which is very impressive. Fourth in goals per game, second in playoff assists, or sorry, also ahead of Richard, but of course Richard played for like five or six years prior to. Uh, boom boom joining second in playoff assists uh six in playoff assists per game second in playoff points third in playoff points per game and first in games played so you know the total numbers are more impressive than the per game numbers which makes sense because he played forever he because he's on the habs he played a ton of playoff games is what i mean to say um 
but still, you know, still a very impressive uh, career. The adjustment for error era bumps him up 15 points to 91 points per 82 games, which seems about right. Uh, he's tied 22nd all time in goals per game uh, in terms of adjusted goals per game. He doesn't, um, he's not in the top 25 for assists or points, but if we raise that qualifier to 820 games, he's six all time in adjusted uh, goals per game and 14th all time in adjusted points per game. So pretty damn impressive. Versus X also likes him a lot, likes him more than Hockey Reference actually bumps him up to 1,093 points instead of 982. Um, he's 19th all-time in Versus X adjusted per game. He doesn't qualify for the other leaderboard, or so he's not in the top 25 in the other leaderboards, but if we raise the qualifier to 820 games, he is third all-time in adjusted goals per game behind only Maurice Richard and Bobby Hull, which is very impressive, and he's 17th all-time in assist per game and 19th all-time in adjusted points per game he was never traded but he was waived at 34 so he could unretire so nice of the Habs to do that for him i guess hmm. he won the heart in uh um in 1961 he won the art ross twice in 55 and 61 in 1955 um he uh he didn't win the heart and so who won the the heart uh ted kennedy in one of the more controversial heart trophies ever um, however, uh, we would, we gave it to Richard when we did the, um, when we gave the, uh, you know, did the, uh, the reevaluation, yeah. um, it's one of those things. It, he's weird because he's clearly a star, but he was only taught, he was only ever nominated for the heart once in his life and he won it. It's very weird. Yeah. And it's like a lot of, um. A lot of sort of the like read like limited reading that I've done about him is just like he was he always sort of felt overshadowed. Yeah. Um, and you know Richard was the hero of uh, of Quebec, you know. So yeah. it's like you're 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 playing with that guy. It's like, you know, it was. Uh, yeah. It was tough. I think it was really tough for him, right? Like, you know, he won the Art Ross Trophy uh, in '55, but he mm-hmm. wasn't even on the first All Star team. I was just about to mention that. Yeah, 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 you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, how, how, what are the voters talking about? When the guy wins the Art Ross and he's not a first team All Star. It's bonkers. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's like clearly you're you're just not you're just not as good as these guys, mm-hmm. dude. Sorry. Um, so he won if the Rocket Richard Trophy had won, leading league goals had existed back then, he would have won it in the same years he won the Art Ross in 55 and 61. He also won the Calder in 52. And we, in our heart series, we made him the best player and the MVP in, in 61. So we think that heart is deserved. Like Bill just said, he only won one first-team All-Star once. So that means, like Bill said, one of the years he won the Art Ross, he was a second-team All-Star, which is bizarre. Mm-hmm. And then he had one other second team all-star appearance uh, in uh, 1960 when he had 71 points in 59 games. So I should say so. Um, and then uh, he was in 11 all-star games. He was a top five player by point shares twice in the two years that he won the Rocket Richard had existed and the Art Ross in 55 and 61. He was top 10 another two times in 52 and 60. He was the best offensive player in 61. He was not quite that in 55, which is, I think, why we gave it to Richard that season, but still deserves to be on the first team. Um, though I guess he played the the same position, right? So they put Richard 
if you put yeah. Richard or or Gertie Howe at first team. Also, um, sometimes he uh, sometimes he played left wing with uh, Richard Melivo, uh, and other okay. times he played uh, right wing on the second line. So yeah, you know, a little bit. Um, he was also a top five offensive player in 52, 54, 55, 56, and 60, and a top 10 player in 58 and 59. He, of course, led the league goal, in goals twice in top five, six times, top 10, eight times. He led the league in goals per game three times, which is tied eighth most ever, top five, eight times, which is tied eighth most ever, top 10, 11 times, which is tied seventh most ever. He was only the second ever player to score 50 goals in a season after Maurice Bouchard, and when he retired the first time, he, only Bobby Hall had also done it. It was a rare feat at the time. He scored 35 goals twice, and at his first retirement, he was one of only 10 players ever to do so. 30 goals four times, one of only seven players to do so. 25 goals seven times, one of only six players to do so. You can see it's getting a, low, a smaller and smaller group. And then lastly, 20 goals 12 times, and one of only three players to ever do so at his first retirement. And those two were... I wonder who they could possibly be. They're Gordy Howe and Bruce Richard <laughs> again. It's every everything about the goals here is just Howe and Richard, Howe and Richard, Richard and Howe. Um, he was top ten in assists five times and top uh, five in assists per game three times. Um, he was one of only eleven players ever at his first retirement to have had forty assists three times, which now seems like a very small number of assists, but that's the league was back then he led the league in points twice of course he led the league in points for him once he was top 10 in points for him nine times which is eighth most ever um he also uh was one of the only four players at his retirement to have scored 90 points in a season the other were bellavo dickie moore and gordy howe and it's crazy to me that two of those guys were his teammates the house the, the house the house were just a giant juggernaut back then yeah. He's one of only 10 players ever at his first retirement to score 70 points three times, one of only six players ever at his first retirement to have 60 points five times, and one of only nine, or sorry, six players ever to have 50 points nine times. So, again, he has that peak, and then he has some longevity in terms of, like, you know, these sort of lower point totals and goal totals that he did basically as frequently as anyone had ever done almost. Versus X-Peak, his best seven seasons, he's 14th all-time in goals, which is very high, 67th all-time in assists, and 39th all-time in points, which is, again, very high. And in best 10 seasons, is only slightly worse. Still 14th all-time in goals, 84th all-time in assists, so it's the assists that hurt him, and 42nd all-time in points. So he is, you know, very much one of the better offensive players in the history of the NHL. Top 15 in goals, top 40 in points, and top top two-thirds to top three-quarters, or a little bit worse than that in terms of assists. He was the best player on the 1957 Habs. He led the playoffs in goals and points. Uh, let's pull up the 1957 Habs so we can talk a little <laughs> bit more about them. So um, he had 18 points in in uh, 10 games. Bellavo had 12. So he like dominated. He had five more goals and one more assist than Bellavo. Yes. Um, and no, obviously Bellavo probably had a uh, defensive assignment that Boom Boom maybe didn't have. Yeah. Um, but you know, still, uh, way higher. He even he outscored uh, Rocket by three goals in those playoffs. Now, yeah. uh, Maurice Richard is 10 years older than Boom Boom, and yeah. Jacques Plante had a pretty great season in terms of uh, 
goalies, but I decided 18 points in 10 games is worth, you know, Jean-Claude had an excellent playoff, 936 save percentage and, and um, 166 GAA, fantastic numbers, but he also had two losses and like Boom Boom had 18 points in 10 games. So to me, I gave it to Boom Boom yep. um, for that. I, I think I can... Uh... I think I can agree with that. If there was a con smite, I, I would personally, my vote would be for Boom Boom. In the, uh, without watching, of course. If I watch the games and John Plant stole a bunch, then maybe. Um, <laughs> he may or may not have been the best player in 53 as well. So let's pull up 53. Um, 53, it's a, the case is a little, um, slightly more, uh, oh, I clicked on the wrong ear. Sometimes when Hockey Reference loads pages, they move partway through the loading process and you're trying ah, to click on something and click on, you know, you think you're clicking on one thing and it, it jumped down. And it's very, so very this, annoying. It's very annoying. Yeah. The cite, citation machine does that too when I'm writing papers and it drives me yeah. bonkers. <laughs> so, so this year it's much more controversial and honestly, I think it's safe to say we can probably give it to the goalie except for the fact he didn't play every game. So here are the stats. So Boom Boom had 10 points in 12 games. It's clearly lower scoring era. Maurice Richard had eight points in 12 games. So he's two points ahead of Maurice Richard, one fewer goals, but three more assists. However, uh, Jerry McNeil, save percentage of 927, GA of 185, two shutouts. Sounds really good. However, Jacques Plant had to start, had to play in four games. Okay. Uh, with a 911-175, he was, I guess, not yet Jacques Plant. Uh, it is 1953, so it's fairly early in his career. He's 24. So I don't know here because clearly Boom Boom's the best forward. I don't know about defensemen. It's, we can't really tell. We don't have ice time. We don't know what Doug Harvey was doing. But Jerry McNeil didn't play every game, and clearly it looks like based on the total numbers of games, they weren't always confident in him because Jacques Plante did play four games. Um, they were both, they both had winning records, obviously, but like it's, it, we also, because they don't have games started, we can't see who took over without looking at the actual game logs. And I'm not going to take that far. Anyway, the fact is, had the consummate existed, Boom Boom has at least one and possibly two. Yeah. Which that, is, that was, that was 53 you're talking about too, right? Yeah. 53. Yeah. 53. Yeah. So that's like, uh, it was a really good year for him, but he was, he was uh, a younger player at the time and he actually got. Uh, suspended that year for like a stick swinging incident against the Rangers. Um, oh, okay. I tried to read in more detail, but the New York Times has a, a paywall up, and I'm not paying yeah. for it. So, uh, but from from what I was able to glean from some other sources, uh, it uh, it's it sounds like they got into a fight, and he basically the other guy was kind of roughing him up, and he swung at him and yeah. uh, broke the guy's jaw and gave him a concussion. So they Ooh. suspended him, and then he wasn't allowed to play whenever they played the Rangers for the rest of the year, I guess, because they assumed the Rangers would try to kill him. What, what a, like, bizarre suspension. That's amazing. I know. Yeah. You're suspended against one team. Terrible, I don't think that's a terrible way to suspend people when something like that happens and you know there's going to be, like, revenge. Be like, yeah. yeah, you just don't play against them this year and we're going to let things cool down. Like, you'll answer the bell next year when, like, they just want to fight you and maybe not try to, you know, spill your brains out all over the ice because in, in those days like some fights did turn into these like stick swinging brawls like it got yeah. pretty bad so yeah um so anyways he got suspended for that and then i don't know i guess was allowed to play in the playoffs and did very very well yeah so then there's a third year in which he was possibly the best player on the team and they didn't win in 55 they lost to the red wings in seven games but he had 13 points 
in 12 games. So did Belobo. And he outscored Belobo in terms of goals. I'm generally inclined without seeing games to like give the benefit of the doubt to the center over the winger. But I have no idea in terms of 55, who was the better player. But still, again, there's a third playoff where it's debatable, right? Yeah. So that's pretty impressive that he could have one, between one and two consmice and there's another year they they almost won the cup where he might have been the best player. I mean, it's very it's very impressive. So then um, he was also a top three forward in 54 when they went to the finals again and didn't win. So the year before that one, I led the playoffs in goals. Uh, he was a top three forward um, on on uh, the sixty Habs that did win the cup. Uh, the reason he led he led the playoffs in assists and he co led the playoffs in points. But uh, Henri Richard uh, scored more goals. So in that case, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt to the center who outscored him. Um, he was also a top three forward by points on the Stanley Cup winning teams in fifty six, fifty eight, and fifty nine. Um, and he was a top six forward uh, on the Habs when they were runner-up in 52 when he was quite young. Um, and he was a top nine forward in 51 when he was quite, non, uh, quite young, again, when they were runner-up. Um, he has this... I'm going to look at a thing. So, yeah, he has six cups. And like I said, he could have between one and two consmiths. Um, So this is a guy who... In my opinion, and you would know better, Bill, because you live in Montreal, um, or used to anyway, uh, secrets out. Uh, <laughs> he, I don't think he gets enough credit. I don't think so either. No, I think he was just uh, sort of like people still like his name still uh, sort of floats around on Montreal sports radio and stuff like, but sort of like the Habs have like. Uh, if there's like a Mount Rushmore of the Habs like golden era, it would be, uh, you know, like, or even just the Habs all time. Um, you would have, you know, Bellevaux, Richard, uh, Jacques Plante, Jacques Plante and uh, probably Guy Lafleur. Yeah. Um, and then Jeffrey all sort of gets lost in there. Like he's the second guy to score 50 goals. Yeah. Um, you know, he's the, he didn't invent, but he did popularize the slap shot. Um, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. You know, what's it? He, he's the, he's the, I actually just did a little bit of reading about it because, uh, his Wikipedia, uh, I guess he claims to have invented the slap shot, but he was definitely the guy who brought it to the national hockey league and used it a lot. Yeah. Um, but apparently there was a player in 1906 who was already using it in, uh, in a uh, an all black league in the Maritimes. Uh, so here's the thing about that. Eddie Martin. So here's the thing about that. Yeah. I think it's completely fair that Jeffrey thought he invented it. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he did anything wrong. It's oh no, like, no, 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 no. I know. I know you're not saying that. I'm just to clarify, like yeah. if some dude in a league you've never heard of had done this first, yeah. I, it's not, it doesn't seem deceptive to me to think you were the, you know, oh, um, the inventor 100%, of it. And it's, you know, it's like, well, he, I mean, he's the he's the guy who you know was using it to score all these goals. So yeah, it's yeah. pretty right to think like it's not like he saw one other guy try it once and then was and like the guy just sort of did it like screwing around in practice and then said I'm going to score 50 goals with that thing. Like I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's anything like that. Um, and and I mean like until that book came out, uh, nobody knew, right? Like, yeah. So it's and it took some uh, 
took some pretty deep digging research to find this, find all this information about this. Uh, apparently, there's like 400 players in that league. Like, I, I really want to read that book. I really want to yeah. read that book now. I'm super interested. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. He's, how's he's how's your library? Who, what's that? How's your library? Uh, at the school I work at or at McGill? <laughs> well, I was going to say, it, I guess uh, in Van Cleek Hill, but it's probably not very oh. good. It's it's all right. It's all right. Uh, do they do interlibrary loans? They might, but I yeah. I I could probably just get it from McGill. You could just buy it, or yeah, get it from McGill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or buy I, it. Yeah, I could buy it. <laughs> I I uh, I just I I'm such a big. It's funny. Younger people are always like, "Use a library." I like. I love the library. <laughs> the library is fantastic. <laughs> if, if if I wasn't doing my degree right now, then I would probably yeah. go to the library more often because. I would like to do more reading, but like, man, I just never seen. No, that. fair enough. That is that is a good point. I just I more think of like like I had I had a big problem when I was younger. I I bought a lot of books, and I I don't I have a limited amount of shelf space. I have three bookshelves, one of which is uh, I sort of hate to say it occupied by uh, uh, DVDs, which is weird. <laughs> uh, I should probably get rid of those. Um, but the other two are full, and so for me, I I it's hard for me to justify buying a book unless i can throw something out you know what i mean or put it yeah. put it we have a lot of in in our neighborhood we have a lot of those little like neighborhood like library boxes yeah yeah so if i can justify it to myself i don't i don't think i'm ever going to use this as a resource again or i don't like have some emotional attachment to this book i will go put it out and then i can buy one and put it in but usually i have to get them from the library partly because the library is great but also because honestly i just don't have any space <laughs> You know, yeah. to buy more books. I just don't. Yeah, and, and um, like books are expensive. You know, like yeah. if it's uh, if it's a book like that, you know, you're gonna want to reread a bunch of times, or it's like, uh, you know, it's a subject you're very interested in. You want to have like a bunch of different history books, so in case you know you're talking to somebody about it and they say like, oh, I didn't know that. Be like, oh, here, let me loan you this book. Like it's really cool. You you can check it out and learn something awesome from it. Uh, you know, maybe maybe some of your favorite novels that you know you'll reread yeah. or you'll want to pass on to somebody who, uh, you know, who expresses like an interest in that writer or whatever. But like, like there's there's a lot of books like that that you know we read. I I did literature in uh, in university and like a lot of those books. I'm like, I remember not liking that. Like, I still have yeah. a copy of uh, Rabbit Run by John Updike. I'm like, I remember hating that book. Why do I? Still I don't like Updike in general. So yeah. Um, like he's, he's a good writer, but I just yeah. no. He's like a he. Book. Yeah, sorry, I should say that. I I think he's an excellent writer. I just don't particularly like his books. But yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I have a bunch of these around is I'm sort of hoping uh, my girlfriend will read some of them at some point, uh-huh. and I'm trying yeah. not to aggressively force them on her because I feel like that's weird. But like that is weird. Yeah. Yeah, but like <laughs> at least in terms of the fiction, in terms of the nonfiction, some of them are just like you know, I just. Some of them are resources, and some yeah. of them are. You know, I just like having them on my shelf. I like. Yeah. Nobody comes up to that bookshelf when they come over, but like I still like having them there. It's like some weird status thing. But yeah, I, I I find with hockey books, it's um, if it's about the history of hockey, it tends to be pretty dry. Yeah. Um. Whereas if it's um, if it's like a biography, then you yeah. tend to get a lot of like read because. A lot of like the hockey lore and stuff is like, you know, you know what you saw on the ice, but you didn't know what happened behind the scenes. Yeah. And that stuff is like really, really fascinating. Like, very, yeah, like the, the game, which is the, the best one I've read mm-hmm. um, and one of the few, honestly, to be 
to be perfectly honest, I I have not read a ton of books about hockey. Um, and certainly biographies or autobiographies, but like, um, the game. One of the things that's so valuable about it is just all those descriptions of the life of the Habs off the ice, right? And about the particular players, but also just about how they functioned as a team and how hard, you know, the 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 sort of images of the locker room with how I think it was Cornway who was just like at the end of his career and was just physically an absolute mess. Yeah. You know, anyway, to, to bring it back to Jeffrey, um, it's actually, it's actually a very good segue. He had a lot of injuries in his career. (laughs) He did. Um, I, yeah. And he didn't, he, he rarely played full seasons, but like a number of years ago, I think the first time when Yager left the NHL, the first time, I yeah. think I did like I wrote a post on my old blog trying to decide who was the greatest right wing of all time. And I talked about how bossy Yager and the rocket and going through this resume. I'm like, how the fuck did I skip on boom, boom? Yeah. What, so like not what even was I thinking? Yeah. And like yeah. in retrospect, like I, I legitimately just didn't fully appreciate him because he, like you said, Bill, he's been overshadowed his whole career by Richard and by Bellevue and like, and by being on the Habs and, and like, you know, just not having, and, and, the, and also the injuries, right? Like this, these are his most, uh, so he played, he played a full season once in his career, 70 games once, 67 once, 65 once, 64 once, 62 once. Those are his top five seasons. Every other year he played 59 games or fewer. Yeah. And this is a man who, you know, if I look at his points per game, you know, the the, the comeback really hurt him, right? The comeback yeah. dragged him down. Uh, he had uh, his two two of his four worst seasons, and the other two were like, well, one of them was injured. But like, you know, his best season is almost one point five points per game. He has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons at a point per game or higher, and two more at nearly a point per game. So that's nine. Yeah, he's a, he's a brilliant player. He can play yeah. both wings. Um, yeah. You know, uh, just it's one of those things in Montreal, like sometimes a player captures the imagination of of the city and it doesn't matter yeah. if somebody else on the team is better. That player is so beloved. that I, I feel like a lot of hockey places do that. Yeah. Um, you know, Vancouver, I, I remember this one when, uh, when Trevor Linden was playing his last game in Vancouver. Um, Marcus Naslund was also like his contract hadn't been renewed and it was pretty sure he wasn't going to be coming back, but everybody loved Trevor Linden so much that they like celebrated him and not really Marcus Naslund. And like, yeah. to, to the point where Linden sort of apologized after, like he should have, he should have got like a huge standing ovation too. And I kind of overshadowed him. Like, I, I feel bad about it kind of thing, you know, like, yeah. like, you know, like sometimes like the, the people love the player that they love and there's nothing like, I yeah. would say like even the, the old days with the Leafs, um, you know, you have like Doug Gilmore came to the Leafs and obviously he's like a, you know, he was very, very, but Wendell Clark, Wendell Clark is Toronto's guy, right? Like, Yeah. There, there, there are guys now who yeah. I bet you, you could find somewhere and talk to them about Wendell Clark and Doug Gilmore. And they will tell you with a straight face that Wendell Clark is a better player, which yeah. is a fucking joke, oh my but God. which they... Every, every, don't get me wrong, Wendell Clark, great player, but Doug Gilmore for a stretch of about five years might have been the best player in hockey. 
<laughs> he was very close. You know, yeah. obviously it was really Lemieux and Gretzky, but like he yes, was, but I he mean, was like there. Was, he was in the conversation yeah. of like, you're not Lemieux and Gretzky. You might be the best other guy. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Gretzky. Like him and Messier and like, I know, sorry, sorry for mentioning him. Um, yeah. and like, now. yeah. Um, I mean, basically those guys, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I'm trying to think of another person around the late '80s, early '90s. I mean, um, consistently, yeah. I mean, Eisen, he was definitely Eisen maybe, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I, yeah, of course, Eisman, yeah, yeah, sorry, very much Eisman, yeah. Um, but like, and, and and I guess Bork probably too, if we're if we're talking about all skaters. Um, yeah, yeah. But like, you're absolutely right. Um, there's this sort of weird thing that happens sometimes, and like, listen, it's true of everything, right? Like. So this is going to be really obscure and weird, and I apologize for everyone. There's a there's an NBA role player whose name is Josh Hart. He's played for the Pelicans, uh, the Trailblazers, and now he's on the Knicks. And suddenly, because he's finally on an Eastern Conference playoff team, everyone's like, holy shit, Josh Hart. I love this dude. <laughs> like, he has been one of my favorite players in the NBA for years. <laughs> and he, oh, he's, oh, he was before the Pelicans, he was on the Lakers. Um, and I fucking hate the Lakers. But, like, I the first time I watched that, it's like, and he was on the Lakers. I was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? And he's like, you know, he's a role player. He shouldn't start on some teams. He 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 he's one of those guys who just I love NBA player. I love a couple of different types of NBA players. But one of my favorite basketball players is just a guy who does everything at like a B or a B plus. Yeah. Rather than being like a plus at a couple skills and like C at some others, he's like B or B plus at everything. And he he and he has a motor and he works super hard. So I love him. And now and now the Knicks fans are fucking like apeshit about it. He just got traded to the Knicks uh, at the trade deadline. So now the Knicks fans think he's amazing, but they'd like never heard of him before. And like he's going to be, especially if the Knicks end up beating the Cavaliers and, and going on a bit of a run this playoff, he's going to be like one of those guys that like Knicks fans are like, oh, Josh Hart, Josh Hart, blah, blah, blah. And it's like at the end of the day, I mean, fortunately for for the star of the team currently, he, the star is one of those guys too. He works really hard. And so like um, his name's Jalen Brunson and he's he's going to be a like New York basketball celebrity forever, like yeah. past his death. Like he's just, he's 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 got that already based on his brief time. He's been on the Knicks for a year. He's already got that. But there are, sometimes there are, games and, and seasons where there's a guy who's just like not the best player on the team that everyone just like gravitates to because of work ethic or attitude or whatever. And it's just, it can get kind of silly sometimes, like you're saying about a little bit like with Wendell Clark and Doug Gilmore. And like, I feel like in some situations, there's guys like that in the NBA, like Josh Hart, who are sort of like that, where you're just like, I mean, it's different w- between the rocket and boom, boom, because the rocket was, you know, one of the greatest goal scorers in history, very close to, you know, he's, he's up there on the very, very brief list of the best goal scorers in history. But like, it does feel to me like what you're saying is, is, is exactly accurate because of Maurice Richard's importance to the province of Quebec and to Montreal, that this guy has just sort of been, it's weird that the rest of us have forgotten about him more. I think it's yeah. one thing for Montreal fans to be like, not as, impressed but like this is a guy who was i don't know he he, if if i rewrote that post i was talking about i feel like a hundred percent i have to include him and maybe like kucherov and like that's it you know yeah like those six guys like it's like he's he's very 
he's he he feels to me like he is on the short list of the best right wings of all time from from this and and i just it's partly i think a little bit is his nickname his nickname makes it seem like he is an enforcer yeah and that if you don't actually do the research like i mean this is not a man who racked up penalty minutes his highest penalty minute season is 87 in 70 games that's not crazy um i understand he hit people but like you know this is not this i think his nickname is part of it and then also just like you said he's got two of the greatest players of all time he played either behind or with three of them sorry doug harvey too and and, and plus jesus a lot of them many of them and he was and the fact that he didn't win two hearts i think maybe also if he had won two hearts i feel like the popular memory of him would be better but i agree i think i think you're right i think mostly this is caught up in a narrative of the importance of richard to his city and to his province and and it's just it's 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 the way it happened but it's slightly unfair to to jeffrey i i think so too like i think it's um It's one of those things where he's that, that it, if he played for Toronto, he would arguably be the greatest leaf of all time. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. It was overshadowed by the fact that the Habs were always great, had players that were uh, cultural icons, um, and so he gets sort of lumped in. I, 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 I would compare. I would actually. It's there's two like. There's like two tiers of Montreal Canadiens. There's, like I said, sort of the Mount Rushmore guys before. Yeah. And I would argue that Ken Dryden and Patrick Roy could kind of. Yeah, I totally forgot about Dryden. Fans replace Jacques Plante even. Yeah. Uh, And then there's another set of Habs players who were amazing players, uh, but just sort of didn't have the same cultural impact. And then you've got guys like Dickie Moore. Toe Blake. um, Toe Blake. uh, Doug Harvey, to an extent, he often does still get mentioned as maybe being like a Mount Rushmore kind of guy. Yeah, Larry Robinson. Boom, Dickie Moore, uh, Yvonne Cornoyer, um, uh, Henri Larry, Richard. Larry um, Robinson. Larry, Rob- uh, Larry Robinson, depending on how old the person is. Yeah. Uh, you know, Guy Lapointe, uh, Serge Savard. Like, yeah. they're not quite, they didn't quite transcend hockey the way that those big guys did. Yeah. Um, so there's, and, and Montreal's just got this embarrassment of like, some some of the numbers are retired twice because two guys wore them and they're both called like incredible. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. being in the Canadian, like having your jersey retired by the Canadians is a way more exclusive club than the Hall of Fame by yeah. far. So like it's a it's a whole other thing, right? So yeah, yeah. I I think it's like it's interesting to think of like the Habs were so good for so long, and obviously they're not. You know, they had that fluky finals appearance. <sighs> sigh, big sigh, based on what happened in the first round. Uh, what it was it two years ago now, and aside from that, they've been, despite having one of the best goalies in the world for years, they've been pretty much not a, a bit of a joke of a franchise for a while now, right? I mean that uh, that appearance, everyone sort of agrees. I think it's fairly safe to say their appearance in the finals two years ago was a bit of a fluke. Obviously, Kara Price stood on his head particularly against the Maple Leafs. Um, but 
prior to that, like through the, I don't know if you want to say through 93, but at least through 86 or through 89 rather, um, you know, they have such a history. It's interesting to think of them as like, even just thinking of like all time Habs at their position, you know what I mean? Cause it's so deep, right? Like left wing, not so much, right? Sticking more. And then was Cornway a left wing? Yes. You want to say yes? No. Right wing. It's a right wing, I think. Um, left wing, they're less deep. So the Elmer Lack, who I believe also played center a bunch after Dickie Moore. I don't know who else. Steve Shutt. But like at at center, at right wing, right wing in particular, I think. At goalie, at D. They're like all time. You you can get into some serious debates about their all time teams, right? Like just especially if you're just trying to pick five guys, it's kind of it feels kind of impossible. And I do think that does. Like obviously, no one's mad to play for the '50s Habs and win six cups. Like it's great. Yeah. But in terms of history, it does feel like you do. If you were not Beliveau or Richard or Jacques Plante, you don't get the same. Or Doug Harvey, you don't get the same rep that you might have like you said if if boom boom's on the leafs and he's he has this good a career he is it's he might be the greatest leaf of all time like no uh the last leaf to win a heart was it ted kennedy might have been and he didn't deserve it yeah um i have no problem saying that like we talked about it in our you can go back and listen to that episode like it's the Ted, the Ted Kennedy heart case is weak. Um, and that's not to say Ted Kennedy wasn't a great player. It just like didn't deserve the MVP that year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sittler was never the best player in the league, though he was very, very good. Yeah. Uh, Doug Gilmore was never the best player in the league, though he was very, very good. Mats was far from that. As much as I'm a massive Mats Sundin fan, he was never in the conversation he was the most consistent player in the league maybe but that's it's a different story you know austin matthews oh sorry uh austin matthews is the last leaf win whoops right sorry austin matthews i forgot about austin matthews yeah yeah he's pretty good yeah but like prior i'm thinking older but like matthews is like the first guy maybe that you could really talk about um, in terms of like a level of offensive dominance uh, since. So like, I agree. Or if boom, boom had been on the Rangers or the Blackhawks prior to Bobby Hull, you know, if he'd been on those teams, like, I, I don't, I think he would have had the same problem had he been on the Red Wings, but he'd basically been on any team other than the Habs and the Red Wings. This is a like franchise defining player. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and met, and memorialized as such, like mythologized and memorialized as the franchise-defining player. Like, if if, if like, he was a ranger at the very end of his career, so maybe yeah. the fingers would have automatically made him shit. But, um, but yeah. like, if he was able to do what he was doing for the Habs as a New York ranger, he would be the greatest ranger of all time. Like, no question. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fairly safe to say. Like, the only person who could possibly hold a candle to him is Brian Leach. Oh, that's um, true. I always forget about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think the, the point remains, Bill, I think your point, regardless of me, like fid- uh, trying to find other guys, the point remains is that at the time he would have been the greatest player for four of the six NHL 
franchises. I think so too. Yeah. And instead, he is the second line right winger of the Montreal yeah. Canadiens, <laughs> and is is sort of thought like that a little bit. And it's just like, and again, as as I'm always like bitching about the the league and their lack of keeping stats properly. I don't like. I don't know. Um what plus minus would say if it was kept for the entire fifties instead of none of the fifties, I assume it'd be plus much more, but if the con Smythe had existed, I think this man has at least one, um, maybe two. And if he has one or two and a heart and a Calder and two art Rosses and two Richards, had they existed, the trophy case is just gigantic. It's one of the best trophy cases I think you can see outside of Gretzky and a few other guys, uh, Bobby Orr, and you know, um, and it, and and you know, Beliveau would similarly benefit from that, and so would Richard, and I, I get that. But like, I still think had the league just had more awards and and plus minus and ice time stats, like we would be looking at this dude as like not Mount Rushmore, but like you know very much top five right wings of all time and and just yeah and especially like you said bill if he had played for another uh he played for another team i think you know obviously if the rangers had or blackhawks had somehow managed to sap his good qualities and make him terrible um you know in bathgate you look at bathgate right and bathgate's rap is probably hampered at least a little bit for being on the rangers in the 50s but like I still think this guy. I agree with you. I think he's uh, he's an all-time great, and he looks more like an all-time great on another franchise than he does on the Habs. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So going back to the beginning, uh, Hap Holmes, how do you feel? Yeah, I think so. Given that four-year run that we talked about. Yeah, I mean, I to me, I don't know. I I would love. Uh, I know no one actually like. Very rarely do we ever get tweeted at or. Facebook no. comments a Nobody couple does. times. There was one dude for a while who used to like tweet us on, on Twitter. I feel like he's, he doesn't anymore, but like if you know of anybody who um, has ever won a cup in each of the NHL, NHA, PCHA and WCHL as well, I would love to know who they are off the top of my head. I can't think of anyone else. Uh, I think that's just insanely impressive. Um, and the fact that he did, you know, he did that in, 11 seasons um, and, and especially four finals in four years. It's just, I don't know. I would love to know if there's anyone else who has ever done that. It feels like a once in a, in a lifetime, like a unique accomplishment, the kind that you don't see very often again. And I think that absolutely puts him in the hole. Uh, Reginald Hooley Smith. Hmm. Yeah. 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 He's, he's got enough leaderboard stuff that it's like, you can't kick him out. Yeah, you can't kick him out. I mean, he's definitely like not a star in the same way that like Howie Morenz was or Nell Stewart um, or Aurel Juliet. But like, yeah, he never had a like peak like those guys. But yeah. the longevity, you know, tenth in goals, second in assists, fourth in in points, and first all time in games when he retired just strikes me as just like too much. It's too much. Yeah, he's got a great name too, so I mean that helps. Yeah, yeah, and especially <laughs> given like how early in the league in the history of the league with the games played and the reverse is true for the, the accounting stats for goals, assists and points, obviously, but like 
I yeah I I I don't I can't kick him out. And then lastly, boom boom. I think we we already beaten that to death. But yes, yeah, totally, hundred percent. Top five right wing. I think. I mean, we haven't done our well, we haven't done our right wings episode, but I'm gonna I'm, I might sit down and have a coffee or a beer and uh, think about it right now because uh, Jeffrey on he wouldn't have immediately popped on my radar, and now I gotta sort of think about it. Yeah, I mean. Like, I don't I'd see have reason, to look at, I, I, I know I'm like, I'm, I can't imagine he won't crack my top 10, but like now I'm thinking like, yeah, maybe, maybe he is top five. Like some of those seasons are really, that 95 point season was super impressive. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. That's I, I, I really don't like, I don't know. It's been so long since I made that list. Like I, I'm, I'm starting to say is it a year and a half. We've been talking about these for a year and a half. I don't know. Time yeah. has lost all meaning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, like I, I do, I don't know who who else was there. But like off the top of my head, I'm having a hard time thinking of people beyond um, how Richard, Bossy, uh, and Yager, um, who should be above him. I guess Kucherov, maybe. But like, I mean, would you put really put Brett Hall above him? Like. That's that's a tough one. Eh? Yeah, that's a tough one. Because like Brett Hall was benefits from a bunch of things, including a lot better health. Yeah. You know, a lot better health. Uh, and uh, yeah, and was also like at least early on in his career, far more. I mean, I don't. I'm guessing this because I never watched Jeffrey play, but I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that I think maybe early in his career, Brett Hall was a more one dimensional player. I, I would argue for his entire career, he was a more one-dimensional yeah. player. <laughs> hey, Steve Eisman once said Brett Hall was good at defense. Don't forget he said that. I'm joking. Oh, wow. Did he actually really say that? I believe so. Okay, well. Uh, but here's I, the thing. You can't trust hockey players I, I, I to talk I don't think he should teammates. be allowed to GM many teams anymore if he thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, here's the, that's the thing. I mean, we're going to go in a second. But, like, I, I strongly believe as much as we have to, like, try to get sources for everything about players especially players we didn't watch i think statements made by teammates and coaches about their players in our lifetimes to media have routinely yeah. been absurd because they have a personal relationship with that person right like it's like yeah. you're not the best judge of somebody else's talent when you're feeling defensive about them in the media you know yeah. Yeah. so like i know i i don't remember the quote but i know eisenman said something like that because i've seen it every time brett hall comes up on a on hockey history forums Someone brings up that quote, and it's like, okay, yeah, Eisenman did say it, but also teammates, yeah, and media. Anyway, I, I mean, he 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 played for Ken Hitchcock in Dallas. Like he couldn't have been bad defensively. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like the idea that he was like one of, a better defensive player than average at the tail end of his career. Yeah, I don't remember seeing that when I watched him. Um, anyway, that's near neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I, I do think Boom Boom is like has a case to be top five. He may not be, but he's got a good case. All right. That's it for us this episode. Um, I think we made the right decision in terms of breaking into because we have okay. two other players to talk a lot about, which we will do next episode. So thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next time. Take care.